0: What's up guys and welcome back to another episode of the last take sports podcast and in this episode we will be doing our part one of our NFL mock draft and yes we know this is late we are recording this late at night 940 exactly 941 on a on Wednesday night before the NFL draft so we're a little behind on schedule but we're sure making it uh, a point to get this podcast out and there will be two podcasts today not one but two but let's jump right into this one. Starting off with the Jacksonville Jaguars, they own the number one overall pick. Andrew, this is obvious. Trevor Lawrence, not much to talk about here. Go ahead and say a few words, and then we'll move on to number two.
1: Yeah, but first off, I want to let the people know, the listeners know, that the two podcasts you guys will be hearing today are part one and part two of our NFL mock drafts, and we'll be doing the first 16 picks in this podcast, and then uh, the other podcasts we we have coming out, Uh, today I'm not sure if it'll be before or after we'll figure that out or at the same time who knows but that will be uh, pick 17 through 32 but like you said with the number one pick yeah Trevor Lawrence I mean it's obvious best player in this draft one of the best prospects in a long time clearly talented Jacksonville in need of a quarterback makes perfect sense
0: number two Andrew another obvious pick here Zach Wilson has been the presumptuous or however you say the word, doesn't really matter. It's 9.42 at night. We don't pronounce words good here. Um, Zach Wilson, BYU quarterbacks, going number two to the Jets. It's been almost a lock now for a few weeks, and I think at this point, I can't think of anyone else who would come and take that spot.
1: Yeah, and like you said, it's been reported nearly everywhere that the Jets are locked in on Zach Wilson, and especially with the trade of Sam Darnold out of New York, It's clear that they're picking quarterback here and the reports have only uh, leaned toward Zach Wilson. They seem locked in on him who wouldn't be very talented. So yeah, Zach Wilson at number two.
0: Yeah, Andrew at number three, and this is a a, essentially a toss up between two guys. You could go either way. It's between Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Interesting to me that they haven't showed much interest in Justin Fields, but that's a point for another time. I haven't been going Trey Lance. I just can't get into my head a guy like Mac Jones. No offense to Mac Jones, but like I I, I, just, I can't see him going number three. With a number three overall pick and you're coming and you're trying to replace a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a serviceable, serviceable quarterback, I don't think they're going to draft a guy with as low of a ceiling as I think Mac Jones really has. Yeah. and oh, By the way, that's why I haven't taken Trey Lance.
1: Yeah. So – here's what i have to say with san francisco this is where the draft can start there, there will be drama starting at this pick no matter who they take there will be drama and i like you said i think it's uh between mac jones and trey lance for this pick and the the weird part about that is i don't think either one of them are, are better than justin field's And that's just what confuses me so much. Why the 49ers or whatever team that is looking for a quarterback is just not considering Justin Fields at all. It it doesn't make sense to me. I know that he's dealing with some, uh, I think there's some medical problems, maybe injury problems. I'm not exactly sure on that. But Justin Fields is just so talented. But enough talking about him. Like I said, I think it's between Mac Jones and Trey Lance in this pick, and I'm going to go in the opposite direction as you. I think they will go Mac Jones, and I don't fully agree with this. I don't even think Mac Jones should go this high, but yet again, it's a mock draft. This is what I think will happen, and I think Mac Jones will go number three to the 49ers.
0: Yeah, Andrew, and moving on now to the fourth overall pick, I think this is another pretty easy one. If you're considering that, that the Falcons are going to take offense, it's going to be Kyle Pitts. They already got receiver. Running back, it's way, way, way too early to take running back. And Kyle Pitts is a freakish athlete that's once in a once-in-a-lifetime type of player. I could see them possibly taking quarterback, maybe like Justin Fields here, hometown guy. Other than that, it's Kyle Pitts, and that's why I have Kyle Pitts going here, Andrew.
1: Yeah, and I think the goal is just to give Matt Ryan another weapon And more to do with this offense, and like you said, they set it receiver with Julio Jones as of right now, and Calvin Ridley. So you go out and get a tight end that is basically another receiver that is superstar potential, and he's he's just his the way his body is built, the way his body is structured, it's unlike any tight end that is in the NFL. He is basically another receiver for your team. He is very unique and very talented at the same time. So I think that Atlanta's going to go out and get this very unique player in Kyle Pitts to add another weapon to their offense.
0: Yeah, Andrew, and moving on now to number five, which is another pick that's kind of really down to two players if Kyle Pitts is off the board, and that's Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase, both of which kind of have meaning, a lot of meaning to Joe Burrow. This pick is really a Joe Burrow pick in my opinion. It's what does Joe Burrow want? Does Joe Burrow want a blindside tackle that's going to protect him to throw the ball to other receivers that may not be as good? Or does he want to just hope Jamar Chase is open and doesn't really matter how many hits he takes so he can just throw it up to Jamar Chase? I think he's going to want that blindside tackle. I think the receivers that they have in T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are good enough to help them, are good enough, and you can get another receiver in the second round. So I ultimately think the best pick for them is going to be taking Panay Sewell.
1: Yeah, and – I agree with you on one thing. I think the best pick for them is Penay Sewell. But I have them taking Jamar Chase at number five. I have the Cincinnati Bengals taking Jamar Chase because, like you said, I think it will come down to the Burrow pick. Whoever Burrow prefers, they're going to pick. And I think he prefers that connection that he had during his Heisman season, during that national championship season at LSU. With Jamar Chase, I think he wants that connection back and it'll probably make him feel a little more comfortable, maybe make Chase feel a little more comfortable. And I think that will be the Burrow pick, even though I would highly advise uh, them to get more protection for him, considering what happened last season with his season-ending injury due to lack of blocking. But yeah, I think they'll go with Jamar Chase just to keep that connection between uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase strong and hopefully recreate some of the stuff they had going on at LSU during that national championship season a couple years ago.
0: Yeah, Andrew, and speaking of Jamar Chase, I have him going number six to Miami. Tua Tua hasn't really earned the right to make this pick, and I think if he was making this pick, it would probably be Devontae Smith. But since Chase is on the board, he's the best player, in my opinion, on the board left, I ultimately think that there's no way if you're the Dolphins GM, that you can pass on a, on a guy like Jamar Chase. So that's why I have the Dolphins going with Jamar Chase.
1: Yeah, and Henry, I'm going to go in the opposite direction as you. And at number six, I have Miami taking Panay Sewell. And this is because the Miami offensive line wasn't too impressive, and you got to protect your quarterback of the future into a tug of Loa. And the way to do that is draft the best offensive lineman and the most physically imposing offensive lineman in this draft and that's Panay Sewell so I think once they see the Bengals pass on him they're gonna to have to take him at six and honestly I think he could be one of the better players coming out of this draft and could possibly I mean I was gonna say could possibly be the best but not with Trevor Lawrence up there but I think he has a lot of potentials where I'm trying to get at so, I think Miami's going to take Peney Sewell to get some blocking for Tua, their quarterback in the future.
0: Yeah, Andrew, moving on now to number seven, the hometown Detroit Lions. Pit easily screw up pick here. I mean, there's really many, many, many ways that the Lions can screw this up. But, you know, in Brad Holmes, we trust there's a lot of ways they can go here without screwing up. They can go offensive line, which I believe that's what Andrew has them going. I think with a guy like Jalen Waddell on the board with all the talent, with all the speed and the the ginormous need that the Lions have at receiver. I mean, it's almost like it's it's so big of a need. I mean, who I don't even know if I can name the number one. Is it is it Quintus Sivas, if I'm not mistaken, that's the number one receiver right now? Uh, uh Brashad Perryman, Tyrell Williams, uh, it speaks for itself. I got the Lions going, Jalen Waddell, Andrew.
1: Well, here's what I have to say about that. The Lions could go anywhere with this pick. They could they could do virtually anything with this pick because basically any a stock kicker
0: they really can't screw this one up.
1: Yeah. And their team needs are literally every position on their roster. There it, it just is. So like I said, they could go anywhere with this pick. I have him going Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. He's listed at an offensive guard, but he could play pretty much anywhere on the offensive line. He's so versatile, and he's pretty dominant from what we've seen uh, at Northwestern. I think he he could be the most underrated player in this draft, underrated prospect. I don't think people are giving him enough credit just because of how versatile he is. And I think the lines will... Uh, will identify that and take advantage of it at number seven. I know some people may think that's a little too high, but I think he'll definitely be worth that pick, especially since the Lions don't have the best offensive line and they need to protect their quarterback that they're paying over $100 million in Jared Goff. The way to do that is to get the most versatile offensive lineman in the draft, and that's for Sean Slater.
0: Yeah, Andrew, and moving on now to number eight, a team in the Carolina Panthers who, before the draft, were a team that could possibly be looking at quarterback. At this point, with the trade for Sam Darnold, I don't think that's the route they're going to go. And defense is a big need. They have great weapons on offense, maybe offensive line, but I don't really think that Slater's a guy that you want to go with here. I think that ultimately they're going to go defense, and I think Patrick Sertan is the I wouldn't say I think he's the best but I think he's viewed as the best defensive player on the board and I think cornerbacks a big need for Carolina I think they go with Patrick Sertan here Andrew.
1: you see I'm gonna disagree and I don't have him taking quarterback here because they just traded for Sam Darnold but what I do have him taking is a weapon for that quarterback that they just acquired and that's I have him taking Jalen Waddell and I do not personally think that he is the second best receiver in this draft, but I think that he is listed as the second best receiver prospect. And I believe uh, that he is more, his game is more pro ready than Devontae Smith's just because Smith's uh, he's just physically not where an NFL player should be at or would typically be at me personally. I think Smith is the second best receiver in this draft, but I don't think NFL GMs and in front offices view him as that. And I think Carolina is going to go out and try to get a weapon for, for Sam Darnold. And I think, especially with Curtis Samuel leaving in free agency, you need to get that second receiver and that's going to be Jalen Waddle. And, he's a deep threat. He's just a good, he's just a good all around receiver. He can do almost anything for you. So with his speed and everything, I, I think they need someone who who will be reliable. And I think Jalen Waddell is just that the only thing that concerns me with him is his injury problems. But I don't think, uh, I think Carolina will be willing to take that risk to get there, uh to get a receiver and a weapon for Sam Darnold.
0: Yeah, Andrew, moving on now to number nine, where a team that just made a trade for the quarterback or for a quarterback, I still have going quarterback here. The Denver Broncos just traded for Teddy Bridgewater the day that we're making this podcast, but I don't think they brought him in to be the starting quarterback with Justin Fields still on the board. I think that there's too much uncertainty with Drew Locke to pass on a guy with the talent of Justin Fields. That's really all it comes down to. So I had the Broncos going with Justin Fields, Andrew.
1: Yeah, and I agree with you on this. I don't think they have their full faith in Drew Locke. It doesn't seem like that experiment has worked out. So I, I think that with Justin Fields on the board, a guy who I think should be a top three pick, I think you have to take him and capitalize on that just because when a talent like that, especially at a position of need, I would say, when a talent like that falls that far, you have to capitalize on it. Therefore, I have the Denver Broncos picking Justin
0: Fields. Yeah, Andrew, and moving on out to number 10 with the Dallas Cowboys, they could go a multitude of ways. As long as it's not receiver or running back, they're really fine. They could go offensive line. They could go defense. You know, they probably should go defense. I don't think there's another player on the board that fits what they need. At this point in the draft, that you want to reach for. So as long as if they can't trade back, when we're not doing trades in this mock draft. So I think that off eventually they'll decide to go offensive line, and the best offensive lineman on the board is, excuse me, Rashawn Slater.
1: Yeah, but at number ten, I'm gonna have to disagree, and I think the Dallas Cowboys will take defense because their defense was nothing special last year by any means. So I think they're going to go cornerback, and I think they're going to go with the best cornerback available, and that's Patrick Sertain. And I believe he, he will be the first defensive player off the board at number 10. And I, I think this is crazy because I can't remember the last draft where we had a def- the first defensive player go off the board this late at number 10. And that's just about where I think the best defensive player on the board should go. So it's just kind of nuts because we haven't seen this in a while. There's no like physically imposing defensive player, just a lockdown defensive player in this draft class. It's just not there. But I do think Patrick Sertan will be the first defensive player off the board. And I think that the Dallas defense definitely needs to get better. Therefore, I have them taking him at number
0: 10. Yeah, Andrew, moving on now to number 11, the Heisman winner. I have him going to the New York Giants. With a t- guy with the talent that he has, I think this is too late in the draft for him to go, and New York seems like a team that would jump on him, jump all over him if they have if he's there, steal him. I think this is such a New York pick that he won't go to New- that he's going to end up in New York. Like there's, it seems just inevitable in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think at number 11, the Giants will take Devontae Smith. And I, I personally don't think he should fall this far. And I know he will fall this far just because of worries about where he's at physically. But this guy dominated college football. And if any other player dominated college football like he did, there would be – and they were they were weighed uh, 195 pounds, maybe 200 pounds. We'd be talking about them being a top four pick, top three pick maybe. But just because Devontae Smith is – what is he at? I think 175 maybe, 170 something. He barely.
0: He might be at 160. I don't even know where he's at this
1: point. Right. But it's def- it's definitely not ideal for a wide receiver in the NFL. Teams are going to pass on him, and that's why he's going down to number 11. But if he did what he did at his weight in the highest level of uh, football aside from the NFL, I don't see why he couldn't do it in the NFL. And that's why I think the Giants with need at receiver to help out Danny Dimes at quarterback, you're going to have to take Devontae Smith. And I think this will be also one of the most overlooked players in the draft. Like I said, you can't, you, you, you have to look at the tapes. This man had one of the best receiver uh, years as a rec- in college as a receiver. I think it might've been one of the best years in history for a receiver in college football. And we have, you know, it's crazy. We have him being taken at 11th. If any other receiver with their types of builds in this draft had his type of year they would be taking top three no question this guy's clearly talented and all because he weighs a little less than he should or weighs a little less than ideal for the nfl level it shouldn't be why he's getting picked at 11th instead of most likely top three with that he's a heisman winner the heisman winner 23 touchdowns i believe if i remember correctly when was the what's the last time you've seen a wide receiver do that i don't think ever and i could be wrong you can fact check me on that but at least from my memory i haven't seen a wide receiver ever do that so look at the tapes this guy should not be going 11 but yes i do have him going 11 to the new york giants yeah andrew
0: and going a little faster now uh moving on now to number 12 Philadelphia Eagles could go any way here. Their defense was horrible. Their offense was horrible. I think with the the talent that J.C. Horn has and the 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 level that he claims that he can play at, I don't think that's really why they're going to take him. But I think that it's the pure overall talent, strength, speed side that he has. I think it just seems like a, a good pick for Philly. They they just need football players. Like they need talented football players they got a whole bunch of joes not jims and joes that's it they need some Jims and some joes
1: yeah and i agree with you that they're going to go on the defensive side but i've been going a little different route and that's micah parsons at twelve. i have the eagles taking micah parsons i just think he's the best player available at this point in the draft and that's what Philadelphia needs. They need the best players that they can get. And Micah Parsons is that. And I, I personally think Micah Parsons is a talented enough player to get picked in the top 10. But there's a little concerns around him and his name. So that's why I think he will fall uh, past the top 10. But I think at this point in the draft, when Philadelphia just needs the best player they can get, they're going to take Micah Parsons.
0: Yeah, Andrew, and at thirteen now, I have the Los Angeles Chargers. They need someone to protect Justin Herbert, and the best offensive tack on the board is Christian Dariusaw. On my mock draft, ultimately, I think that's just the only pick that you can go with if you're LA. So I have them taking Christian Dariusaw.
1: Yeah, Henry, I have LA going a different, a, a little different uh, route here. And I have him going on the defensive side of the ball. And I have him taking the guy you just said, the pick before, J.C. Horn. And I, their, their defense wasn't amazing, especially uh, their corners and their secondary. Wasn't great last year. And J.C. Horn's a guy who's physical, quick, and, can, and can, is great in coverage. And a guy like that, I think the Chargers won't be able to pass on. And if they do pass on him, I think other teams will capitalize on him. So I think at 13th, you you have to take a guy who will help you in your secondary. And that's JC Horn right there. Very physical guy. Could really like he he kind of reminds me of like a Patrick Peterson, if that if that makes sense. Prime Patrick Peterson is what I'm saying. He's a quick guy, but I'm not just saying it's because he's quick. Patrick Peterson would get up in you. I mean, he wasn't just – Patrick Peterson wasn't just good because he was quick. Patrick Peterson was good because he'd get up in your face. He's a physical guy, even though he might not have the, the size or the strength. And J.C. Horn will do that to you too. He's a physical guy, and I like him here at 13th.
0: Yeah, Andrew, moving on to number 14, we have the Minnesota Vikings with this pick. I think if they think they can go out and win, uh, I, I think offensive line is the pick. If they don't, if they're trying to rebuild, defense is the pick. And I still think that Minnesota thinks they can compete. So I think that they're going to go with offensive line. And at this this point, I don't really see another offensive lineman that's at the level of these kind of top four. There's kind of a top one, and then there's like another group of three. And then that last group is Elijah Vera Tucker. That's why I have Minnesota going with, Andrew.
1: Yeah, and I agree with you on the fact that they're going with offensive line at 14th, but I haven't taken the guy you just said, uh, the pick before, Christian Derrissaw. I think he will be the best offensive lineman available at the time, and I think it makes the most sense for Minnesota to go offensive line here. They need to protect Kirk Cousins. They didn't do a great job of doing that last uh, last season, but the way to do that is to go out and draft the best offensive lineman available and that, that will be Christian Darasol.
0: Yeah, Andrew, moving on now to number 15, the New England Patriots have this pick, and there's one quarterback on the board, Mac Jones, and I do not have them taking him. I have them going with uh, a more talented player, a more gifted player in Caleb Farley. I think he's arguably the best athlete on the board. There's a lot of questions about character, about ability to even play corner. I have them ultimately going with a more talented player than Mac Jones. I have him going with Caleb Farley. You you just violated Mac Jones. I have him going with the third pick. But
1: not not only that you you had no good reason to bring Mac Jones into this at all. But what what I will say is I don't I don't mind that pick selection by you. I really like Caleb Farley. Great, because I didn't
0: really care if you minded it or not.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but
1: Caleb Farley actually is a very talented player. But – and I, I – the only reason why I don't have him going this this early is just because of the injury issues. And I'm pretty sure he's had two back surgeries in his time at Virginia Tech, I believe. So that that's the only reason why I have Caleb Farley falling this far – But back to the pick, number 15, New England Patriots. I do have them taking a quarterback. And no, it's not Mac Jones either because I already have him getting picked. But it's the guy you had getting picked at number three, and that's Trey Lance. And I really think that the Patriots can uh, do a lot with Trey Lance that they weren't able to do with Cam Newton. I think Trey Lance will be the younger version that they could – he has so much potential that they can just create almost a superstar. I think he could be one of the more underrated picks in this draft if he does fall this far down to 15, which I believe he will. I think the things that Belichick can do to him really groom him, and uh, he's kind of a raw Pause. player. <laughs> he's kind he's kind of a raw player right now. But – it Pause. <laughs> especially since he didn't play that great of competition. But I, I truly think that Bill Belichick can make him a really solid player and uh, make him into something special in that system. So I have New England going uh, quarterback at 15, Trey Lance, and I think uh, they can create him to be what they thought they could create Cam Newton to be. That didn't end up working out. So, yeah, I'm taking quarterback.
0: Yeah, Andrew, when- the last pick of this podcast the arizona cardinals own this pick i think they filled their holes on offense they have some maybe some holes at cornerback but the top three are off the board in my in my uh, mock draft i think the best athlete on the board left is micah parsons i think they're just going to go with the best player to pair up with christian jones micah parsons uh, there's some questions there about the character we're not going to go in depth there but uh yeah, I think with the talent he has, I think him being picked at 16 is right, right where he belongs.
1: Yeah, and at 16, uh, I'm going to go a different way with this. And I have them trying to protect Kyler Murray, their franchise quarterback. And I have them doing this by drafting Elijah Vera Tucker. I think he will be the best offensive lineman available at the time. And I think they're going to go out and just try to protect Kyler Murray as best as they can. Uh, leave him enough time in the pocket to make great throws to their outstanding receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. And yeah, I just have them protecting Kyler Murray. Like I said.
0: Yeah. Andrew, and with that, I think this would be a great time to wrap up this first podcast. As always, we want to thank everyone for listening. We hope you enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe rate and download this podcast. And we'll see you later today on the last day sports podcast.